0: Um, when I was in college in Houston, Texas, I went to Mid-America Christian when it was in Houston, Gulf Coast Bible College. One of the uh, classes I had to take for my, my ministry uh, preparation was a class on personal evangelism. And in that class, we not only had to learn about personal evangelism, we actually had to go door to door in probably the most dangerous part of Houston, um, trying to get a chance to lead someone to Christ. And they had given us um, kind of a survey deal. The way we were supposed to do it was to go up and knock on a door and we were to say, hi, uh, I'm from Gulf Coast Bible College and I've got a religious survey. Would you mind answering a few questions? And then based on whatever they said, you know, we would, you know, we would walk them through this and hopefully at the end have a chance to actually share the gospel and have someone come to Christ and uh, often, you know, people don't want to talk to you and we don't know who you are and what you're selling and all that kind of stuff. But it was one of, one of our fellow students that went to a door and he knocked on it. And a guy came to the door and he said, hi, I'm from Gulf Coast Bible College. And um, he said, we're out taking a, re- a religious survey. Would you mind answering a few questions? And the man said, oh, no, I'll be happy to. And so the student said, well, um, if you were to die tonight, do you know that you'd go to heaven? Now, that's a nice jump, you know, right to the heart of things. And the guy said, thought for a second, he said, well, you know, I don't know if I would go to heaven or not. And the student said, well, would you like to know? And the guy said, well, yeah, I'd like to know if I'm going to heaven or not. And the student said, well, would you like me to show you how you could know? And the guy said, well, yeah, I would like that. And so he invited a student in, and there he, the student shared the, you know, how the, the plan of salvation, how you can be forgiven for your sins. If you'll pray this prayer, and uh, if, you, you know, if you'll pray this prayer after me, you can, you, know, you can be forgiven of your sins, and you'll go to heaven. And the guy was very cooperative and listened to the student and said the words after the student, repeated the prayer the whole nine yards. And uh, the student was real excited, you know. And when he got done... He told the guy, he said, well, he said, I'm so excited for this, you know, this step in your life. He goes, I go to church right down the street here. And if you, uh, if you want Sunday, I can come by and get you and you can uh, sit with me in church and that way you'll have somebody there that you know and all that. And the guy said, well, I don't want to go to church. And the student looked at him and said, well, you need to go to church. You need to be around, you know, Christian people, you know, cause I, we need to, you know, need to help you learn how to read your Bible. And he goes, well, I don't want to read my Bible. He said, well, you need to learn how to pray. The guy said, I don't want to pray. He said, you told me if I would pray this prayer, I'd go to heaven, and that's what I want. I just want to go to heaven. Are you tracking with this? Now, if you can, if you can wrap your mind around that, then you can get a, a lot of the, the mentality with which we live our lives. Um, sometimes, if we're honest, it's not that we really want all that God has For us. We just want to escape the consequences of not having God in our life. Amen. And I I want to talk about that today because, you know, in this, this series we've been doing called The Journey to Freedom, we've been talking about how we need a God who can do for us what we can't do for ourselves. Look at me. I love you, but you can't be free on your own. You need the power of God in your life. And what what happens so often? It's just like this, man. We want to, you know, we want to pray a prayer and we want to say, God, you know, forgive me of my past and, um, and and you know, help me, you know, not you know, have that, any of that sin in my life anymore and cleanse me. And and once we get out of the crisis, whatever our crisis is, kind of what we do is, okay, God, I'll take it from here. And yet, that's not what God had intended. You know, when Jesus was, was talking with a guy named Nicodemus and Nicodemus was trying to wrap his mind around this kind of life that Jesus was talking about, Jesus described coming to God this way as being born again. He said, it's like you're a babe and you're beginning this brand new life. In other words, it's not just about an experience of forgiveness. It's not just about an experience of being forgiven. It's about getting on a journey with God all the days of your life. Does that make sense to you? That's why wherever Jesus went, when he found people that he wanted them to to be his disciples, what did Jesus say to them? you remember what he would say? Follow me. Everybody say that. Follow me. It wasn't about accept me as your savior and then go on and live the way that you want to. It was about I want you to follow me. I want you to see what I do. I want you to do what I do. I want you to become more like me. And and that's so important as we talk about being free. Because God doesn't, listen, God doesn't want you to just have this event of freedom. He wants you to really live free, amen? He does. Now, in this series, we've been been looking at the story of Peter in Acts chapter 12, where he was arrested by Herod, and he was placed in jail. And he had guards on either side, he was in shackles, and we've been looking at this story as a way of kind of uh, challenging ourselves, what does it really mean to live this abundant life that Christ wants us to give? How do do we find freedom and how do we walk in freedom? Last week, uh, Pastor Will did a marvelous job of, of talking about how the angel came into the prison where Peter was, and he was shackled and surrounded by guards, and the angel says to Peter, stand up. And when Peter stood up, the shackles fell off. And now he had this new opportunity. <clears throat> and if you remember last week, Will talked about how Peter began to follow this angel out of the prison. And that's where we want to pick up the story. Acts chapter 12, beginning at verse 9. We'll throw it up on the screen for you. Or you can track along if you want to take your sermon outline out. You can track along that way. It says, so Peter left the, the cell following the angel. But all the time... Peter thought it was a vision. He didn't realize that it was actually happening. They passed the first and second guard post and came to the iron gate leading to the city and this opened for them all by itself. And so they passed through and they started walking down the street and then the angel suddenly left him. And Peter finally came to his senses. It's really true, he said, The Lord has sent his angel and saved me from Herod and from what the Jewish leaders had planned to do. Now, I just want you to grasp this context. Peter is now away from the guards. He's out of the chains. He's out of the prison. And now he's outside. Look at me. And now what? Now it's time to walk in that freedom that God has now provided. You know, if God has set you free, that's a fantastic thing. If God has forgiven you of your past, if, you, if you've identified maybe some of the struggles that you have and you've laid those before God and you've felt cleansed and you felt the power of God in your life, that is awesome. But here's the deal. Are you walking in that freedom? Are you living that life? Uh, I, I put on your outline, God wants us to embrace freedom as a lifestyle and not just as and experience. Look at what Paul wrote to the Ephesian church in Ephesians 5.8. Read it out loud with me. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. Say that last sentence again. So live as people of light. Circle that word live. And that's my question to you today. Not have you ever experienced God in your life, Not have you ever accepted Christ as your Savior. Here's my question to you. Are you walking in that light? Are you living in that freedom? Are you experiencing on a daily basis that abundant life that Christ has promised you? God doesn't want you to just have freedom for a moment. He wants you to live in that. Amen, church? You bet. Now, so what do we do? Okay, Pastor Steve, so, so how does that happen? Well, I want to give you a few handles today that you can take with you. If you really want to walk in that freedom, if you really want to live in that freedom that Christ is offering you and helping you experience, then here's some things you can do. You ready? Here we go. Here's the first one, and this is, I think, one of the hardest ones for us to begin with, and that is once you find yourself free, make the decision to live God's way and not your way. Make the decision to live God's way and not your way. Most of the pits we find ourselves in, we are in them because we were leading our own lives the way that we wanted to. I don't know about you, uh, but, you know, when I, when I think about uh, taking control of my own life, I'm not really good at managing my life. I need God to manage it for me. And so if something's going to be different than the way that it was before, instead of me going, okay, God, I'm, I'm free now, I'm clean now, I'll take it from here, it says, Lord, you were the one that got me out, and you know what? I need you every day to stay out. To stay out. Yeah, Paul said, you know what I've discovered? He goes, man, I, I've discovered I, I can't do this. You know, the day that I think I can take life and do it myself, I can't. Think about what the scriptures say. The Bible does not say you can do all things. It says I can do all things, how? Through Christ who gives me the strength. Bible does not say that you are an overcomer. He says we are more than overcomers, How? Through Christ, who gives us that victory. That's how it happens. Look at me, I love you, but you aren't all that. Amen? But God is. And that's what I'm talking about. That, Paul said, you know what? Here's what I've discovered. I, 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 have to, I have to come to this point to understand how weak I am. I have to understand that without God, I am a failure. I have to understand that without God, I will fall flat on my face on the ground because here's what I know. When I am weak, then I am strong. Does that make sense to you? You see, the day that Steve believed that he can do this, He's on a death march. You, read, you ever read what Proverbs has to say? Proverbs 16, 25. Read it out loud with me. There's a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. That's why I put that statement on your outline. It says, you know what? Independence is simply another word for self-destruction. Oh, but great, great example. There was, a, there was a guy several years ago here in Oklahoma City um, name of Dennis Newton Dennis was um, on trial uh, accused of armed robbery and halfway through his trial uh, he got upset at his attorney and he fired his attorney and he decided I'm going to defend myself I can do this better than a practicing attorney you can see where this is going don't you and uh, and and the district attorney later uh, looking back said actually Dennis was doing a pretty good job uh, of defending himself through the trial until until the the prosecution called the manager of the store who was robbed to take the stand and she identified him as the when she personally identified him as the as the guy who came in with the gun to, to rob her. And uh, in the middle of this questioning with this, with this manager who was identifying, Dennis Newton got so agitated, he jumped to his feet, and he said, you're a liar. I should have blown your head off. And then he realized what he said. And then he goes, that is if I had been there. <laughs> Sometimes we're not meant to be attorneys. It took the jury all of 20 minutes to find him guilty and recommend a sentence of up to 30 years. Okay. And when I read the story, I laughed because I said, That's, isn't that how we are? I mean, sometimes we just go, you know what? I can do this. I can lead my own life. No, 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 no. There's a way that'll seem right to you, but I promise you, you're gonna fall flat on your face. If you wanna stay free, do it God's way. God got you out. God can keep you out. Amen? Now, let me give you a second piece, in this. this is really hard for us, too, sometimes, and that is way sometimes for us to really walk in freedom, this is really hard for some of us, we've got to be willing to walk away from toxic people and toxic places. We've got to be willing to walk away from toxic people and toxic places. Now, please hear my heart with us. There are sometimes some of us get ourselves into situations because we surround ourselves with the wrong kind of people. We surround ourselves with the people who are also enslaved to the things that we are enslaved to. And what happens is when we're around those people, you know what, we tend to go right back to the behaviors and the habits and the things that we used to do. And that's not the way that we wanna be. When God gets us out, we need, we need to go, you know what, I need to identify some people in my life and some places that I can't go because if I go there or if I'm with them, I'm gonna end up right back where I am. We, we know for a fact when people who have been drug addicts or alcoholics, when they come through treatment and they come through recovery, one of the greatest litmus tests of whether or not they're going to keep their sobriety is who they choose to hang around because those influences will be so incredibly powerful. Um, I I love the passage of Scripture from Proverbs 13, 20. Read it out loud with me. He says, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and you'll get into trouble. How many of you experienced that firsthand? Yeah, yeah, we, we do. There's a um, there's a great story. Throw that picture up on the screen. This is a guy by the name of, of Timothy Simpiani. Um, he was arrested two years ago. He got arrested um, for the, the seventh time for burglary uh, back in PA. And he... Um, <laughs> He he has served six different stretches in prison up since 1992, six different stretches in, in prison, and now he is in his seventh stretch of prison because he's been caught every time. Now, at some point, you just need to go, Maybe I stink at being a burglar, you know. (laughs) But seven times now. This is the seventh stretch in prison. What's, What's interesting, he actually became famous back in 2011. Some of you may have seen this in the news. He actually became famous because he was breaking into a pizza parlor, and he was trying to get in through the vent, and the vent broke underneath him, and he was dangling over this boiling hot uh, oil that was down there. It was right after the pizza shop had closed, and he's, he's screaming for his life. Throw that picture up on the screen. There you go. And, and he finally ended up, he was yelling and stuffing, he set, ended up setting off the, the alarm in the building and, and the police and fire, and this is the picture that they took with him dangling out of that, out of that vent. And it took them 30 minutes to, to get him out. And you can see how he's covered with soot and grime. In fact, that, that picture made it, I mean, across the world on, on the internet. At, even after that, serving seven years for that crime, he gets out. Uh, three years ago, he got out of prison. And within six months, he gets arrested again because he went right back to the same neighborhood, same places, and he didn't realize that all these stores now have cameras that they put up since he was there. And, and they caught him on camera. But here was the thing that really hit me when I'm reading this story. They said in all of these robberies, it seems apparent that he had accomplices who helped him, who dropped him off, who helped him get to where he was, but none of his accomplices were caught and none of his accomplices were ever arrested. In other words, he had friends who were, who were happy to share the wealth if he got the money out, but none of them did the time that helped him in the crime. At some point, I'm reading this, and I'm going, seven stretches in prison. Maybe this time, Timothy, when you get out, you go, I think I'm moving to a different neighborhood. I think I'm going to get some different friends. Because if you always go back to the same people who helped to get you where you were, guess what? You're going to keep going back. Does that make sense to you? Sometimes we just need to walk away from some toxic people. And sometimes we need to know that there are some toxic places that we just can't go let me give you another one. If you really want to walk in freedom, you need to arm yourself with what you need to protect your freedom. You know, the walking away that we just talked about is the defensive measure, but you also need an offensive measure. There's a saying we use in in sports that says, you know what, the best defense is a good offense. (coughs) You need to arm yourself with what you need to protect your freedom. That's so why I put that statement on your outline. It says, the best defense to returning to your old ways of life is finding what? Some new ways of living. This is what, going back to my story of the man who uh, my fellow student led to Christ. Why my fellow student was saying, you need to get in church. You need to get in a group. You need to get in the class. Why? Because because you need a new way of living. You need need the things that God has for you. You need to get into God's word to arm yourself with with the battle that you're gonna face. You need to lean into God's spirit through prayer so that he can fill you every day to wage the war that you're gonna take. Here's how Paul said it in in, in Ephesians, Um, Vision six, read it, read it with me from vision six thirteen. he says therefore put on every piece of god's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil then after the battle you will still be standing firm in other words he says if you always go into to war with the enemy unprepared you're always going to lose if you want to live differently, you've got to arm yourself with the stuff that God has for you. In, in Romans, Paul says, don't copy, read it with me, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you everybody look at me for a second. If you really want to walk in the freedom that God has for you, you've got to change what you're doing, change where you've been, and change the way that you think. Amen. And for some of us, it's even a step beyond that. We don't just need godly people in our life. We need the right kind of godly people in our life. When Wanda and I were living in, in, in Phoenix, uh, Wanda's sister and her family were coming out to visit, and um, they said, "Hey, we would like to um, go up to Vegas while we're here, and uh, take two or three days, go up and catch a couple of shows and see the sights, all that all that kind of stuff." And how many of you have ever been to Vegas? Anybody? Yeah, if you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. It's like you want to take a shower every time you walk in off the street. You know, it's just kind of kind of one of those places. But, uh, you know, it, 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 it's only about a four-hour drive from Phoenix. So we, we went, up, went up to Vegas and got a hotel for a few days. And uh, one night we come out and um, we're heading to dinner, me and Wanda and the, and the boys and, and uh, Wanda's sister and their family, and we're walking down the sidewalk. And it's just, you know, it's wall to wall people, you know, and, and we're walking down. And uh, all, my, all my life as I dated Wanda, I always always walked on the side of the street closest to the street. I, lo- I walked along the curb, no matter which way we're going, I walked along the curb. And uh, because I figured that way, if a car comes up over the curb, it would be me that they kill rather than Wanda. And Wanda can do without me. I just can't do without her. So that's just, not, that's just kind of a, you know, just a better way. And she gets rich off the insurance. So that's, that's okay. So anyway, so I'm walking along the curb and, you know, and we're just, it's really crowded. So we're walking along the street. And as we're walking down the street, there was a whole line of people that were standing there that had these flyers in their hand and they were advertising stuff, you know, and I not know what they were all about, but we were walking along, and as I was walking along, I was trying to scoot by him, and this guy just kind of steps into me, and he sticks this flyer in my hand, and, um, and, I, and I'm, the flyer kind of unfolds as we're walking, and I'm looking at this flyer, and it was for an escort service, and it had these pictures of these half-dressed women on this flyer, and Wanda's walking beside me. And she likes look at this. And she said, what are you looking at? And I said, oh, just a little escort service here and down. And she grabs it on my hand. What are you looking at? Give me that. You know, and she's wadding it all up. And, and she throws it in the trash. And it was like, you know, welcome to Vegas. You know, this is, we're here. And so we're, we're heading on down. We go. We have dinner together. And we're coming back. We're walking down that same sidewalk. And this time we're walking back this way. And again, I'm walking along the curb. And here's this line of people. You know, same people. They're standing right there, same flyers in their hand. And I'm walking by, and Wanda sees them coming. I kid you not, she grabs me. She's like five foot, weighs nothing. You know, she just grabs me, throws me to the side, and she gets along the curb. And I kid you not, my wife went, started slapping hands. No, 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 no. (laughs) Give her a round of applause. She's awesome, man. And I'm like, I'm like my hero, you know, just kinda, yeah. and I thought to myself, you know, that, that's what I need. I just, I just need Wanda to go with me wherever I go, you know, and I'll be fine. But you know, when we talk about putting on the armor of God, sometimes we need people like that in our life. Sometimes we need accountability partners who, who know what we're struggling with who aren't afraid to ask us the hard questions. How are you doing with this? How are you doing with your sobriety? How are you doing with staying away from the people and places where you've been? You know, we, Everybody needs someone in their life who loves them enough to tell them the truth. And we need accountability, people like that. That's why when we talk about Celebrate Recovery, that's why this place is so important. Because, come on, let's be honest. There are some of us, we've we've struggled to overcome some stuff in our life because we've been trying to do it all ourselves. And some of us need more than just our personal walk with God. Some of us need some other people of God who have struggled with some of the same stuff, who can walk with us, keep us accountable, and keep us looking forward to where God is taking us. Amen? You bet. Let me give you one last thought today. And that is, once you you find freedom, trust God all the way to the end. Trust God all the way to the end. Every once in a while, I'll have someone who is struggling or someone who has failed in some way that'll come to my office and they'll say, Pastor Steve, um, when will I finally get it right? You know, when, when will I finally get it right? And my favorite response is, when you die. That's my gift of encouragement, when, when you die. <laughs> you see, the fact of the matter is, look at me, I don't care who you are, I don't care how long you've lived in this faith, there will never be a day of your life that you can live in the fullness of the freedom God wants without the power of God in your life. When you came to Christ, whenever that was, that was just the first step. Christ became the cornerstone in your life. But God is never going to stop building in you. That's what Paul meant when he he wrote to to the Philippians. Read it with me from Philippians 1. He says, And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until he is finally finished on the day when Christ returns. When is God going to be done with you? On the day when Christ returns. Until then, baby, you're just under construction. Now, what that means is you can't allow yourself to get discouraged. You can't give in to that discourage because what's going to happen is sometimes you're going to push forward and you're going to slip back a couple steps and you're going to want to quit. Sometimes it's going to get hard. If you're looking for easy street, baby, it's not the Christian life. It's not for sissies, I promise you. It will be hard. It will be hard. But I'm going to tell you this life with Christ is definitely easier than life without Christ. I've been on both sides of that fence, and it really is. But it's not going to be easy. And sometimes when it gets hard, and sometimes we, we get frustrated. Sometimes we don't think God acts the way we want. Sometimes we just want to give up. And look at me, don't quit on God. He's never going to quit on you. That's why I put this statement on your outline. I said, you know what? The fight for freedom is not a battle. It's a lifelong war. And you got to prepare yourself for War. If you've never committed your life to Christ, if you've never asked Christ to be your Lord and Savior, man, today is your day. And you can can invite Christ. He's willing to forgive you of your past. It doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been, or how long you've been there. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Today, if any man be in Christ, he's a brand new creation. The old is gone, and behold, all things become new. But gang, listen, that's just the first step. I hope you'll take that step. But I want you to get yourself ready for a war. Because some of you, you're there and you know it. You've been fighting, you've been battling, and you've wanted to quit. And you need to hold on. God never quit on you. Please don't quit on him. 1968 in the Summer Olympics, there was a a marathon runner from Tanzania by the name of John Stevens Akari. And he finished dead last in the marathon. The the winner won with a time of like two and a half hours or something like that. And John came walking in about an hour and 15 minutes later. They had already done the ceremony. They had already done that. Most of the people had left the stands, but all of a sudden there was a roar and people began to yell, there's another runner coming and John comes in the stadium. Throw that picture up, you got it. And as John came walking the stadium, it just got deathly quiet. And then the people began to clap and the roar got louder and louder. And when the camera crew got to him, they said, John, what happened? You know, what happened to you? He was a good runner. What happened? And what they discovered was about halfway through this marathon, about 13 miles in, he had been jostling for position. He got tripped up and he fell to the pavement. And he hurt his shoulder and he dislocated his knee. He had cuts all up and down his leg. And somebody came to the scene with some medical care and they they, they patched him up and they taped him up and they were going to take him back. And he said no. And he got up and he kept going. And when they're interviewing, they say, John, man, you had a dislocated knee. Your shoulder's all banged up. You got cuts everywhere. Why didn't you quit? And here's what he said. This is so amazing. John said, my country didn't send me 5,000 miles to start the race. They sent me 5,000 miles to finish the race. Jesus Christ did not come from heaven to earth so that we could start a journey with him. He came from heaven to earth and gave his life on a cross so we could finish the race with him. I don't know where you are on that journey. Some of you may have not yet even taken that first step, and if you haven't, I invite you to do that today. Others of you, maybe this last week, you felt like quitting. You felt like giving up. Maybe you've gotten disillusioned. Maybe you've gotten discouraged. I don't know what's going on in this, but here, I'm gonna give it to you again. God will never give up on you, and don't you dare give up on him. God doesn't want you to just experience freedom. He wants you to live free. Amen. I want you to bow your heads and I I just want to pray for us and then Rachel's going to lead us in a song. Father, as we come before you today, Lord, your word says that if we just humble our hearts before you, If we confess that you are, Lord, that you are willing to forgive us of our past, you're willing to deposit your spirit within us, you're willing to make new creations out of us, and Lord, that grace is just so unbelievable to me, that every single person here, no matter what they've done or where they've been, that today can be a brand new step forward, a brand new life. But God, you don't want us just to take that first step. Jesus, you said, I've come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. You don't want us just to be set free, Lord. You want us to live free. So I pray today that your Holy Spirit would just fall upon this place. And I pray that you would not only change hearts to become your followers, but Father, I pray that you would help us as followers to become your disciples. That we would walk in the fullness of who you are. That we would let go of the things behind us that have bound us. That you would help us to take hold of the full armor of God so that we can live victorious lives, not out of our strength, but out of yours Lord, we, would, we agree with Paul. It's when we're weak. It's when we know we can't do this alone. That's when we become strong. So Father, right now, I know there are some folks who are discouraged. I know there are some folks who have felt like quitting. I know there are some folks that maybe even have wandered away and are trying to decide whether or not they want to come back. And right now, Lord, I just pray that you would pour out your Holy Spirit upon them. I pray that you would open your arms to them I pray that they would know today that there is no way that you will ever stop wanting them, loving them, cheering for them. You are a faithful God, and you will never give up on us. Oh Lord, by the power of our Lord Jesus Christ today, help us to never give up on you. It's in your precious name we pray today.